with Leah Hardiman, uh, joining us all the way from Italy. Um, normally, whenever we go live, we're on a coach's corner now, but we're doing a special one, our mid-season, I guess mid-season, catch-up with Leah um, in her, we'll say, the restart of pro volleyball. So, um, Leah, I'll let you reintroduce yourself to everybody and kind of um, how you got to where you're at and how season's going. Okay. Um, right now, I am in Mondovi, Italy. Um, I'm playing for a team, LPM, um, Mondovi Palapolo is the name. And I have been here since August 2020, and I will be here until 20 of May, grace period of when championship will finish. Um, my team is currently currently ranked number one on the west side of the um, A2 Italian League. That is of 10 teams, and of the total 20 teams, our team is second. Mm -hmm. We are waiting for some COVID um, makeup matches, but right now we're doing pretty good. Um, I was in France last year playing for Chamalier, um, A1 league, and then I moved to the Italian league this year, this season. Okay. So, um, I know with, like, we, we kept up throughout everything and, you know, trying to schedule this has been redone <laughs> a few times, uh, cause with... Scheduling everything, I know I know college is going through all that fun stuff where they're doing a spring season for like the first time. Yeah. And uh, uh, so for those that don't know, we, we were trying to do this catch up, what, a month ago almost. Yeah. And then had a schedule change, another schedule change, and kind of yeah. just went, all right, well, life's a little crazy. We're going to we're going to back up. Um, right. But it's. And you're not the only one I'm trying to catch up with. I know everyone's going, you know, all the girls that you've played with and that mm -hmm. we've been around are going through the same thing. Um, how did you find, you know, the mental space to, like, stay in it? Because with everything, it's, you know, the, the restrictions, what are the, restri the restrictions like in Italy, at least where you're at? The restrictions are there's actual restrictions here in Italy. Um, there is in America. There's very limited restrictions there, um, but the restrictions are not too bad. Like um, the worst is a red zone where you cannot you can only go to and from work. Um, with with my job that I have, I have more freedom because my work is technically to and from practice, and I can go city to city to play games. Um, but I can't go visit a town if I wanted to just for free or yeah. without papers. Um, then after that is the orange zone where you can only stay in your region, um, which my region is um, Piemonte, I think how you say that. And it's Torino and Cuneo is in that region. So I can go to those cities. Cuneo is like 45 minutes. But again, um, they only serve lunch and everything's closed by six. So you can't really do anything. And yellow zone is everything is open, but you can't again, travel outside of your region, but everything is, um, lunch is open and dinner, which is here. Restaurants are open at eight until like 1 AM. Um, so it depends on, you know, what the, the COVID numbers are in your area. But for me mentally, it was difficult because many professional athletes get into this to play volleyball as well, but also we're honestly here to travel. And I know so many people in Italy and I am maybe a two hour train from France. Mm -hmm. So I have many friends in France too that I could, I could have gone and visit and yeah. go to their matches and all that kind of stuff. So not to be able to do that and have an outlet to, you know, other than volleyball was very, very difficult for me. Mm. And also on this team, I'm the only foreigner. So everyone else is Italian. So they, with the um, restrictions, you're allowed to go home 
So this is not their like legal address. Mm -hmm. So they can go home whenever they wanted. For me, I can't um, go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) If I went to go with them, I could. Um, But I I never went because it's it's their outlet to go to their family and relax. Um, So it was definitely um, hard on me to have some kind of outlet. Um, I actually recently hired a sports psychologist Mm -hmm. um, to work with me for four weeks because um, Italy is a higher level than I'm used to. And being the only foreigner and learning new skills and playing at a higher level kind of shook my mentality a little bit. so I, would just, I hired someone to, I wanted to get a handle on it really quick because I want to play at a high level um, all the time <laughs> and even higher than Italy. So I wanted to make sure that I knew my feelings were justified and how to, you know, deal with that. Mm-hmm. And obviously COVID restrictions does not make it any, any easier because when you leave a horrible practice and you come home to your, by yourself and no way to like, release that stress it's just all you think about so yeah. oh i mean i can imagine i mean it's obviously like here in south carolina it's very mm-hmm. very lax i mean <laughs> yeah. even you know i've been i've been talking to a few guys i work with about like organizing a couple events and yeah. um between like here in north carolina and we've already been pushed back because north carolina <laughs> shut down so many tournaments events for yeah. club let alone anything else and so, you know, I was like, well, we can, you don't think about it yeah. until that happens. So, I mean, I can only imagine not having somebody there just mm-hmm. to, just to, as like a, a valve release Yeah. and to be, I mean, in the same respect, it's got to be very rewarding to be the only, well, yeah. now it's weird to say, but the only foreigner on, mm-hmm. on a pro team and then saying like, you know, I got picked, you know, I made the cut. I've got yeah. to the like point zero one percent. No, it's definitely um, an honor, and I definitely I I love it. I'm not gonna say I, I don't like it. I I love it. I my team is um, special because m- most of the players speak English. I have four staff members, and the head coach speaks good English, but he he <laughs> says he doesn't. And he speaks to me, but I also have other coaches that can stand there and translate even better. Mm-hmm. So I'm in a very unique situation because most, I would say most teams in the A2 division, because there's so many Italians uh, on the team, not many can speak just fluent English. So my situation could, could be more difficult if I had no one to translate for me or um, teammates that I could speak English with. Obviously, it's broken English. It's not as fluent, but it is more relaxed. But yeah. on the other, on the opposite side, <laughs> not having um, just not having. Um, I live alone, so not having someone to come home to. Obviously, friend, a roommate, a boyfriend, a spouse, whatever. You don't have anyone. It's just you. Um, so when you're having a tough day, when you're having, um, or even a good day, you can't express that to someone and then dealing with the time zone difference, you have to like wait for your parents to wake up or for your friends at home to wake up and to communicate with them. And then even then they're, they don't truly understand because they're not here. So yeah. they can only be positive And you're just like, that's not what I want right now. <laughs> So it's it's a lot of independency uh, for, for professional yeah. any sport I think. Uh, I think that's why I love technology for this point. Like we can mm, have these yeah. talks like right now. I mean, and yeah. even even a talk like this, um, a lot of people won't understand until they go through the mm-hmm. we'll say well the the uh, mental trial, and yeah. just to have just for me to talk to you and you to talk to me right now is a huge stress reliever. Yeah. Because okay. you start to hit certain. Um, intellectual levels with people that when you when you make those clicks it makes it so much easier and gratifying to say hey I told this person they validated my reasoning and it makes just and it, it could be something so simple 
And I think that's where a lot of people miss. And I love the fact that you talked about the sports psychologist because it's Mm -hmm. not about, it wasn't about a weakness. It was about becoming stronger. And that's where a big, you know, there's been so much big, you know, advocacy on mental health awareness and everything to where if you, if you look at it in a different light, everything is made so much easier to not accept it, but to at least try and take the path and take that option. Yeah. And, it, and it's, um, especially in my community, as a like African-American black community, um, any kind of psychology is, is a stigma against like getting outside help, yeah. you know? Um, and so I don't know many players, obviously it's also not really talked about either, mm-hmm. unless you're um, very, very, very like a big professional player, like LeBron or whatever, they do have sports psychologists, but for volleyball players, I don't see many people talking about like the mental side of yeah. volleyball, especially when you're across the world and you don't have as many um, sources of help. Mm-hmm. There's so many, such a change from university playing and playing professional because on this team, I do have a lot of staff members on this team, but when I was in France, I had a physio and a coach. Mm-hmm. And I had to do every, I had to do nutrition, I had to do, you know, recovery, I had to do um, your distraction time, trying to get away when at, in the university, all you have to do is go outside your dorm and there's a distraction. Whereas here it's like you, nine times 10, no one, no one speaks the language. So you have to like find ways and what works for you. Um, and for me, I got the sports psychologist because I was pushed to a different level that I wasn't used to. I am used to, um, as you know, being the top dog, being the, the leader, blah, 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 on the team. And I am, quote unquote, in the top tier of my team. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I was also pushed to learn different skills that I then was not good at. And I was like, I haven't been at this point since I was like 15 years old. And now I'm being paid to do this. And it's kind of like, you're only, you know, when you see that mistake, like you have one job to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like you have one job. And so in my perfectionism as well, I am so used to playing one way when you make me change it and I like, quote unquote, suck at it. Mentally, it's like, okay, it's it's shaking. Um, and so I wanted to figure out how to um, break these goals down slowly. And the sports psychologist has helped me um, find little games or little, you know, stats that I can take in practice to help me not so focus on, okay, you must do this really well. It's like, okay, how can I see progression on getting better at this? Mm-hmm. So what's been your biggest like skill set and everything you were saying, like you were having to learn, what was the, what was the biggest challenge? So when I started playing volleyball as an outside hitter, obviously I had to play all the way around and passing wasn't my strong suit. And then I got to coastal and we changed the way I was passing coastal Carolina. I'm not sure if they still use it now, but you stay towards the 10 foot line and you back, do back movement to mm-hmm. pass the ball. So it's like, it's kind of lateral, but it's more in your body frame. And in America, we pass everything in your passing body frame. Mm-hmm. In Italy, they want a lot of like lateral outside of your body movement. And then also we are in the middle of the court where I think majority of teams in America and um, overseas, you pass in the middle of the court. So I was so used to one doing immediate back movement from college. And then now you want me to pass outside of my body and then like rotate it to the, to the setter. So that was difficult for me to wrap my head around and still it's very hard (laughs) to, um, to get. And then also the serve is more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have to worry about, okay, now I have to pass and I have to go hit. You know, as an outside hitter, you have other jobs other than just passing. Mm-hmm. So my 
the sports psychologist is like, you know, what does passing, what does a good pass or a good stat of just whatever looks good to you? And I go, if I get 10 balls and I can pass six of them to the, to the setter from one step apart, that's good to me. So she's like, okay, in practice, whenever I have a passing practice, that is why I need to just, just focus on that. Is, she, is it a one step away from her? Not that, oh, the setter doesn't have to move because you're learning a new skill. So it's not going to be a perfect ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I also found out that I pass better when I'm just passing for someone else. Like I can pass a dime when I'm passing for the middle. Mm-hmm. No idea why, but I can just relax and pass a, pass a ball of the setter hits the first tempo, done. But for me, when I'm passing for myself, somehow I just pass straight up in the air. <laughs> I feel like it's the it's the, it's the the idea of like giving. Whenever, if, yeah. we're, if we're working for someone else, there's something about it, I think. And whenever we're doing something for somebody else, you always, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I understand what you mean, but yeah, there's, there's, some, there's some attribute or aspect of it that you like, it flows better. And then you're like, yeah. I did that for them. And then you're like, okay, well now, your turn to shine and then you go okay well i can't i can't do anything so that's fine let's just let's talk about something else (laughs) yeah and she was she was telling me similar to what you're saying is that like when you're passing to pass for your quote-unquote for yourself you're thinking about i have to pass and now i have to hit when i'm in when i'm back row i'm more relaxed because i know all i have to do is pass Mm -hmm. and so i think that she's saying like you know we're going over all the mental things that I'm thinking about when I pass and all the crazy stuff that I think about. Um, and so I think it was, it's helpful talking to someone else that's been through it. She's also an outside hitter and all that kind of stuff. So talking to her, it's just 10 times easier. I mean, I call yeah. J- Joseph all the time, but <laughs> just talking to someone that has been through it and it's like, okay, stop thinking about that and just uh, think about this, think about smaller, smaller uh, goals. Mm-hmm. Because every coach is always like, stop thinking. And I'm like, well, that's not realistic. So I need you to <laughs> tell me what things to think about. So yeah. that's, I've only worked with her for what, two weeks and I, so far I've been getting, thinking mentally a little bit better. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. I mean, which that leads me to my next question was, um, which I didn't ask this last time, now I think about it. Um, Going from a coach like Joseph, you know, who was an international level coach mm-hmm. to now playing professionally and then going up in the ranks. Yeah. How has been the adjustment or no, how's the adjustment been going from coach to coach? You know, obviously it gets a little bit more intense as you get higher and higher and higher. Yeah. What's the What's the feel? Like, have you been able to like, just kind of jump in or has it been like a little bit of learning curve? So I honestly am like grateful that I had the experience of dealing with such a crazy, (laughs) he is a unique coach, but I did get the feel of how European coaching would be Mm -hmm. Um, with playing for him and also being coached because playing for Joseph and being coached in practice are two totally different things to me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever watch the games, Joseph is a more, he will just stand there. He doesn't speak much unless you're like losing really, really bad. Then he'll like yell at you. But majority of the time, he's a very quiet, observing coach. Also in practice, but he's more hands-on and doing technical skills. But I liked his style of coaching and it's kind of similar to how my coach is this this year last year in france there wasn't much technical like realistic coaching that year was very chaotic and no i don't even want to speak on that it it was there was no true coaching we did arbitrary and random drills that make no sense to me Mm. but um I think if I would have had a different coach, maybe like an American coach or something, I don't know if I would have been prepared for, um, you have to do a lot of your work on your own. Mm -hmm. Like here's the drill, but 
you have to set your own goals. You have to um, think of mini sets or mini games in your head, which is what a lot of Joseph's drills were at the time that I was at school. Um, we did a lot of drills where it was me against the A team or or vice or any other outside hitter or any middle or whatever. Um, so it was a lot of preparation for professional to me. My, yeah. That was my experience. Um, I got the same feel too. Because especially yeah. with with the the type of people and the type of athletes he brought in, mm-hmm. it was you you either and obviously this is kind of the same way, but for everything, but you 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 knew if you were there for educational purposes, or mm-hmm. if you were there to take the next step in the sport. Yeah, and yeah. obviously that's how it is everywhere. But it was it was made very clear yeah. by who reacted in certain ways and what your initial background and your initial fight with him was like. Yeah. And I say fight only because he challenged you. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. And, and he, I remember there's one, there was one time that he says like in practice, if he does not talk to you, he, I'm not saying Joseph cares about everyone, mm-hmm. but his initial, um, conversation with you or initial he'll, he always is testing you mm-hmm. and so if he's going to be like mean or um aggressive towards you he knows you can take it like you're going to bounce back mm-hmm. but if he's very like nice or rarely talks to you or rarely very i don't know, hosp- I don't know just very nice <laughs> to you and not pushing you so much it's because it's not because he doesn't think you can take it but he knows how to coach different people mm-hmm. he's not going to coach everyone exactly the same so with me he i will probably have the best game of my life but he will be like you stop so you do this you do this 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 and someone else could have had the exact same game and he might congratulate them and might just be like oh icing on the cake you did really really well yeah. but he and i knew that i was planning on playing professional since freshman year it was a different so, staging yeah so he like he had to be difficult because now, if you don't perform, the coaches will ask you, are you injured? Are you, is there something wrong? Because if there isn't anything wrong, why are you not playing? Yeah. Why are you not performing? <laughs> um, because that's what I'm paying you to do. And so yeah. that was kind of our relationship during games with me and Joseph. Other than that, he was a great mentor, great, like a father figure situation mm-hmm. type of coach. Um, Which I really so think like. Thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I really think if a lot of college athletes, Division three, any any level, if they mm-hmm. took that same mentality, like I'm getting paid for this, mm-hmm. you see, you see so much more success regardless of what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, I know, I mean, I I played club in college, but still, I mean, you, when we had to actually pay our own dues, on top yeah. of our college, it was totally yeah. different. I was like, okay, if I'm gonna put out money, I'm going to do this. I'm gonna do this right. Exactly. And if someone wants to drag, then that's on them. I'm not, I'm just not being a part of it. But right. I know the stories that you've told already for, for, for this one and the last one, for anyone who might not believe it, I was there for <laughs> varieties and variations <laughs> of her stories. They yeah. do happen. Um, it's not what you expect. <laughs> um, if you're not ready to take the next step, then, yeah. um, Go watch a game, go watch a yeah. high level game because the, you know, you've got the you got, you know, someone like Joseph, and then you've got someone like Pete Rose. Um, sorry, that was completely wrong. Um, I almost said Pete Rose, and that's the wrong sport. Um, yeah, Penn State coach Russ Rose. God, that was Russ bad. Rose, yeah, sorry. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I don't know why I said that, but Russ Rose, and then you've got you know someone like the uh, John Cook. And, mm-hmm. you know, all of those guys, their their thought processes are totally different. Their coaching styles are different. But what you see in a match is not the same. Like you said, it's not the same as practice. Yeah. Because, you know, I've gotten hammered on by Joseph. Uh, you know, we've the coaches have, the athletes have, even the managers, you know. But it's, it was yeah. – yeah. And that, that was the big thing. It wasn't about trying to hurt your feelings. It was just like we want to – run a championship caliber program yeah. and yeah. there are certain things that you have to, you have to shed emotion. 
Yeah. But, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you've already had the days where you're kind of like, I'm over it. Like, right now, like, you know, you're yeah. like, maybe, you know, in yeah. pro season, you have those days, you're like, I'm over it. I don't, I don't want to do anything right now. Yeah. But, you know, you have your time, you come back and yeah. realize, hey, I'm here for a reason. I vividly remember <laughs> my, I have two, two situations, well, two stories, I guess. Vividly remember, it was like a 6 a.m. seven pass, I don't know, my senior year, one of the many, many, many times we had 6 a.m. But Joseph always, always was like riding my back. And I am not a morning person at all. Like, I do not like mornings. And especially when you're asking me to do a skill, it's just not there. And I was just over it. I think it was maybe spring, or I don't know if it was like, maybe we were in season, I don't remember when. But this year, I, I mean, that day, I just did not like Joseph. I was like, I could not care less what you're saying to me right now. And he just was kept, kept calling my name, like, Leah, why are you, why do you look so upset? Like, why are you not paying attention? Why are you not doing this and this and that? And to like this day, I re- I still look at that practice and I'm just like, if he did not constantly nag me that day, I don't think I would be able to focus at the practices I'm at now because I, the practices that I'm at now, they are, they are very helpful team, but they're also like continuously critiquing your skill. That was good, but don't take a step back. That was good, but drop your shoulder. That was good, but da, da, da. no, that was, but they're always critiquing something. And so I, every single day I'm looking at that practice. If that annoying coach that day did not like <laughs> nag me to death, I, don't think I could mentally or emotionally, um, deal with these practices or this yeah. level of practices. Um, and then the second story is when I had the opportunity to try out for the USA um, collegiate team or any kind of those USA tryouts situation. It wasn't for the Olympic team, but it was for the collegiate versions mm-hmm. of the team. Um, and that was when I honestly got the ranking of like where I was level wise because i for had i think it was my junior year i had been you know the top player in the sun belt and in the um, big south mm-hmm. so i didn't see many players at my level when i went there i realized okay you're good but you've got a quite a few people that are above you mm-hmm. and you do have a quite a few people that are you know below so that kind of also checked in my head like you've got you can be better you don't, you don't need to like be complacent <laughs> where you're at. Yeah. Um, so I definitely was glad that I had that opportunity and I would encourage any other athlete to just go ask your coach to pay for you to go. Um, because regardless if you make the team or not, it gives you a good um, gauge of where you're at yeah. in your career. And I try to do those, like the, the, the constant feedback, like with, without talking too much. I try to do the mm-hmm. constant feedback, even with like little 14s that we have. Mm-hmm. And they, this team was very, it, it, I'm not going to say was, is very unique. And when they first mm-hmm. came in, obviously none of them really knew each other, except for maybe two little groups like two. But okay. after the first month or so, especially after their first tournament, they just like, everything went in place. So... Mm-hmm. When they started coming up and asking questions like, look, hit at us harder. What do we need to do? Like they started saying, hey, we have the possibility without us saying anything. They started critiquing the the girls, started critiquing other girls. And I sat there and went, you know, I was talking to one of the, um, one of our extra coaches. And um, uh, I was actually, I was talking to Z, talking to Zara. And, um, uh, me and her are technically the assistants for the 14s. Um, okay. And so I was like, you know, they're saying some very mature things at mm-hmm. 13 and 14 years old and that yeah. you sometimes don't even hear out of 17s and 18s. And so, you know, when I have a girl that literally is telling them, look, we're not sticking our pass or swinging our arms. we got to shuffle our feet. Like if we can't get our center to the ball, then we're kind of dead in the water. And I looked and just 
I was standing right outside the huddle. I turned around and walked right away. And yeah. I looked at Z and I said, all right, they already know what they got to do. Let's work them. Right. And right. it was, that's where I think we lose focus. Because I think you're, when you played in high school and then you got into college, mm-hmm. that was, I think, a little bit of the barrier of where the hardworking and the validation, like the instant validation started yeah. started to yeah. shift. So with yeah. them, we've been very blessed to not have to worry about that instant validation. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I would implore all coaches to do and all athletes is hold your coach to a higher standard and hold your athlete to a higher standard. And if they can't explain something, I've literally told everyone I train, I was like, if, if you don't understand why we're doing something, you ask. Yeah. I don't care if it's like right in your face. Ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> Joseph is like always, you know, trying to, he's always having me, especially now when I'm playing professional, he's always having me, when I'm doing drills, think about why the coach has assigned this drill mm-hmm. or why we do. With this team that I'm playing with, we literally do the same drills every single week, but we are the number two, number one team on our mm-hmm. on our side. So obviously they work. Um, and so he, you know, he's always like he's always trying to build his his program and always trying to you know get good drills from other coaches and all that kind of stuff too. But he's always like, okay, why do you guys do this drill? Why? Um, why are you and, you, and you, you're thinking like, okay, we're just doing this, you know, for defense, we're doing this for like blocking attack or like just, you know, this, the skills that you're doing for, but there's certain drills that you do. That's always either character building. They have nothing to do with the skill. You're just playing and the A side happens to be five points below and the B side gets two points every time they make a point. It's like, okay, this is completely unfair. <laughs> or the A side has to make two points just to get one one point. Um, there's a drill that my coach does that um, every time you're serving, you get a point right away. But if you're on service Eve, you must get a point and then you must confirm that point. Mm-hmm. If you don't confirm it, then you regularly rotate and you serve. So it's like, it's kind of, making sure that you can get two points in a row. And also you don't want to sit and serve it inside out the entire time anyway. Um, so there's like little drills that you, it helps you if you think as a coach. Mm-hmm. So you're not like, oh, this drill sucks. We do this every single week. Like type of thinking. Um, it's just like a training progression. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're building I mean, this this coming from like a strength coach idea uh, or mm-hmm. mindset is like you you're, you're building a base, right? And if, even if you keep the same, like you said, like the same drills, but you change them as you tear them up, mm-hmm. then you start refining. Like you go from that base to now we're we're trying to peak. Then yeah. then once we peak, we have a new base. Yeah. And it's just that same thing over and over and over again. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught too, where they feel like they're stagnant or it's, this isn't new enough. And I've been trying to tell my girls, you, you need to fall in love with the fundamentals. Yeah. Cause if you can't fall in love with the fundamentals, then you're never going to enjoy the advanced movements. Mm-hmm. And when you do them, they're going to be sloppy. It's not going to work. And you're going to feel like a fool, even though you're not, and you're going to mm-hmm. feel unathletic. Yeah. Because, again, like the um, the fundamentals or like the like most trivial, like setting a setting the outside a high ball with your platform, mm-hmm. it seems like the easiest thing in the world. <laughs> oh, how many times did we do that? Yeah, but when the score is twenty twenty, mm-hmm. or when the score is you have twenty four, and you are not a setter, but you're in the middle back. And this has actually happened to me this season. And I skyrocket the ball straight up to myself because you just start, you don't think that it's 
as important when you're doing them in practice or you're doing them um, before before practice, you're just going through motions. You're not actually like focusing on this skill. But those little fundamental things that you don't focus on will show light at the most crucial times. And you might be on TV. <laughs> so <laughs> please focus on them. And um, I mean, I... And I'm not saying that you, if, even if you do focus on them, because I do focus on them. Obviously, I don't focus on them all the time because I do have my off days in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if you do focus on them, sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And that's part of volleyball. Like it's yeah. a point, it's going to, it comes from a mistake. So if it happens to be you, then so be it, shake it off, go to the next one. But focusing on the fundamentals will make it less likely to happen to you. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> What's it been like playing uh, and it being televised? And I, I mean, because it's, it's being televised in such a different way than what it was at Coastal. Like, obviously, you yeah. make it to the, the national tournament. It's on ESPN, ESPN2, whatever it is. But now this is more of a, uh, we'll say, more mainstream. Yes. Um. I mean, I like it. I've always loved playing in front of audience. I love playing in front of that. That, that part gives me the uh, butterflies, the adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this season there's nobody in the stands, which makes it really, really hard. Um, but we do have a lot of staff members and a lot of people that like um, set up the gym and all that kind of stuff. So it's not really different. Um, but for me. I love it. I love pressure. I love being under a um, spotlight. Like a, yeah. So I, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so it's like um, it's just like being at home, more or less. Sorry. I say it's just like being at home, kind of thing. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it's normal. Yeah. I think that's. I, mean, I don't like it when I make a mistake, but <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Um, now to like, I was looking at the, it's something I want to post later. Um, but is the participants, the, the percentage of high school participants that go to NCAA and then from NCAA, which division, um, the division one was like 1.2% out of almost 452,000 kids. Um, and that was updated last April. So to be that 1.1%, right, is where you were at. Yeah. Um, to then go on to the pros, I yeah. think, is another huge <laughs> knockdown. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like point zero something. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Or, or do you just look at it and go, hey, I'm just, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm achieving another goal? Um, realistically... No, not until you said it. Only because my social media is what you make it. Mm-hmm. And so my, all through most of university, but especially now, I follow nothing but professional athletes. Mm-hmm. I follow, I do follow like, you know, regular people that I'm friends with, whatever, from, univer- from university or from my regular life. But a majority of it is professional volleyball players and to get inspiration and just I don't really realize how small it is yeah um yes, it's small and yeah it's really big at the same time it's small but it's yeah like I you don't know like it's quote-unquote small because everyone knows everyone mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> um, another thing people forget um yeah <laughs> high school athletes the moment you hit a certain circle yeah the moment you hit a certain circle or a certain level everyone yeah. knows everyone through some connection and some if you want to get somewhere, more or less, all you got to do is make a call. Exactly. Um, but no, it's definitely... Sorry if you can hear this dog. <laughs> it's all like, good. Not mine. <laughs> um, but no, I didn't I didn't necessarily look at how um, rare it is mm-hmm. to get into D1. I didn't know that. I knew it was rare for a professional athletes because not many people especially volleyball not many go on to play and then um it's probably even less 
to go into a third year? I know a lot of people will go maybe first year because they sign with an agency or something like that for two yeah. years. Um, and it's usually they, they, they come back and they start coaching. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's and it's not like it's the mold, but it's just mm-hmm. the easiest transition back into life. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. you either get stuck with it. Not, uh, I shouldn't say stuck, but you either, <laughs> you either you fall in love correct. with the process. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You either fall in love with that process and you move up the chain or yeah. you do it and you use it as a means to transition back into what you want to do for a career. Right, right. Um, and that was, I, I am also like on the thinking of like, okay, what is Leah outside of volleyball? Mm-hmm. And definitely, definitely difficult to think about because I am a firm believer that like you have a, a plan mm-hmm. and you go all like full for that A plan. Because if you have a B plan, you're not going to yep. truly focus on the A plan. So it's like, I'm going to go for A plan. And if once that fails or once I'm done with dealing with A, then I'll go to something else. So um, it is kind of difficult for me to, at one point, I did have like, oh, I want to do physician assistant or I want to be a physical therapist after this. But then I got into... Um, this season, I'm like, I don't know. Like, I think I could honestly do this to like 33, 35, or something like that because it is so much easier to live overseas. Um, and I like the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, for me, I will definitely do this as long as I can. Yeah. And then I'll think about afterlife. Maybe, maybe I might honestly go to the route of going to coaching and then trying to find something else. Mm-hmm. Or I might just be a coach and be a head coach at some university or something like that. Or I'm God like, bless those athletes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see that in an article and I'm just going to email the entire staff. <laughs> I would have so many European coaching experiences that I will come out with like the craziest drills. <laughs> All I know is you're going to end up out of nowhere getting like a, um, uh, yeah. a foreign accent in the yeah. middle of a game. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> I... I, I don't know. I don't know what Leah is outside of volleyball, and I think I'm okay with that because I'm pursuing to be the best volleyball player that I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, you know, trying to take on other hobbies and other um, interests outside of volleyball. But yeah. career-wise, I, I'm only focused on this, bettering myself and being healthy and all of that. Mm. Now, who's yeah. been the... Uh, and that's I I don't mean to like push that to the side because that's that's awesome to hear. I mean it's mm-hmm. awesome to hear that that you have such a critical point in your life. You know you yeah. you are not content with, but you're very happy with, and mm-hmm. and you figure that out because a lot of people yeah. struggle so much with that. Yeah. Um, who's been, who's who's been the one, or we'll say the uh, more famous volleyball player you've met. Since you've been playing, um, so okay. Okay, one you've met, the one you've been most excited to meet, and then one that you would want to meet. Most excited? I met honestly a lot of good volleyball players, and I did not know they were like that good until like two months after, <laughs> like stalking them on Instagram. Um, but I do want to meet. Um, I don't know how to say her last name, but her name is. Paola, she's on the, she's the best right side in Italy. Let me look up her, I'm just going to show her picture because I don't know how to say her last name. Okay. <laughs> um, that's not a good one. She's on Imaco, um, Italian team. Okay, this is, I don't know if you can see her. She's Paola. Oh, yeah. I Okay. I know who you're talking yeah, about. Super, super tall. I actually had the opportunity. I was going to see her play this past Sunday, um, but did not. Um, I do follow, um, I want to say her name right. Iganu, I want to say it's her name. Yes. Okay. Um, I also love Ari Cruz. Okay. Um, watched her for a little bit. For a while, and there's just other players that I 
played alongside that I didn't know that were that amazing. <laughs> like, no, I like knew they were good, but I didn't know that they were, they've been to this place or they've played in all these different amazing teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think it starts to follow the same, the same stages as pro soccer players mm-hmm. where they, they spend their, their prime years at the top. You know, yeah. obviously they, they, they work up, but they, they spend their prime years at the top and then they start to find their, we'll say their retirement clubs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they spend their last four or five years, whatever. And if they want to bounce from club to club and live in different areas, they can, or, yeah. you know, once they're done with that, then they can kind of choose to do whatever, whatever they mm-hmm. want. Yeah. That's, that's, you definitely put a, you spot on because. I will see, I look in their past and I'm like, oh my goodness, you were like amazing, but now you're, you're content. You, you've done all the things that you wanted to do. So now you're on a team where it's like, I am still good. I'm still getting paid, but it's more relaxed. I'm not as like pressure to make all these points or, you know, all this other stuff. Um, there are also other players like Paolo who is, getting paid millions of dollars to crush the ball and <laughs> all that other stuff. So I can't wait to, I want to still, ex, you know, keep going up and mm-hmm. see as high as I can go um, and maybe find a team where I'm able to stay there for more than a year, like two or three years and yeah. build a home and um, all that. So Because I think that's where a lot of the chemistry and everything comes from too. Sorry? I said that's where a lot of the chemistry and everything comes from. Yeah. Is to try and build that home and get that 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 multi year yeah. um, acceptance. Yeah. Into everything. Yeah. Very difficult hopping from team to team. Yes, <laughs> I can imagine, especially going from country to country too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I have I've got one more one more question for you. Actually, two. Um. Okay. Have. Have you been able to watch any men's professional play? Mm-hmm. What's been your 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 favorite one favorite team to, to watch? We'll say favorite team. I do not have that. I just when it comes on TV, I watch it. But <laughs> we do have a males team here, mm-hmm. so I have opportunity to go to one of their match live because of COVID. We cannot. They are a two. Um. But I generally just like watching men volleyball. It's more free. It's more, there is just like some random things that you're just like, how do you launch the ball from, you know, one corner of the court to the front, to, to the outside with with no effort at all? Does <laughs> it look like you're trying whatsoever? Or they are, you know, passing or digging these balls that with their shoulder or with one hand or they're just more relaxed whereas when you watch women's volleyball we are so structured i would say rigid and very like has to be perfect to Mm -hmm. play um i was talking about this with with z and we've we've been on this topic for a while about the difference between men's and women's regardless of what level and i always said that the women's game is so structured and technical Yes. And the men's game is very much more flow and power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just the... I mean, even the way I was watching this one team, like, service seat, and I was like, what structure is this? Where <laughs> where are you guys? And it works. Like, they, the court looks ten times smaller, obviously, because they're, you know, taller. Yeah. But I'm just like, where, what... <laughs> I could not possibly pass in this because I don't know where I belong. And like like you said, girls volleyball or women's volleyball is very structured, you know, with the passing zones, like, okay, this is sideways and this is my ball. And women want to know, is this mine or is this yours? And men are just like, all right, I got it. Let's go hit the ball. <laughs> you know, um, you rarely see when a ball drops for men, them looking at each other like whose ball is that and like women were like is that mine is that yours and 
usually for men it's like all right my bad like i got it whatever i'll get it next time or Mm -hmm. there's not like a oh your fault my fault it's like all right let's go next fall or just joking more relaxed and i wish i could play like that but my brain is not wired (laughs) like that at all (laughs) um so yeah it's definitely interesting to see just how relaxed they are they do not care and they pass things or set things perfectly (laughs) so in my 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 last one is um if you got to choose what country you would go play in like your all-time best high you know highest choice where would you go it is very funny but um realistically i'm in it i really wanted when i was talking to joseph my uh junior or senior year i was like i really want to play in italy i i want to obviously i want to get to the highest team that i can in italy and if i you know play in turkey or play in japan or play in the more um you get higher you get paid higher so Mm -hmm. that means you have to perform and that is I think that would be very, very, a lot of pressure for me. But if I get the opportunity to do that, I would, you know, go for the experience. But I want to play in Italy for a long time because I love the culture and I love the, just the style of playing a volleyball and the, um, the IQ, the high volleyball IQ here. So to be here in my second year was a not a shock but was an honor mm-hmm. um even though it is in the second division i am still glad that i'm here and i plan to stay <clears throat> within the italian league so yeah it was it was a shock to be in the second year <laughs> um and i and i had talked to many people that was from the french league they're like oh my dream my dream is to play in italy and it's just like whenever you hear that you're just like it reminds yourself of how honored and how not quite quote unquote special, like you said, I am the only foreigner and I was picked amongst, I don't know how many people that, you know, wanted to play in Italy. Mm-hmm. So it reminds you when you're on those like tough days or when you're, you know, um, thinking that it's difficult, it's like, yeah, it's difficult because it's only one player. You, you, you've earned this, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not gonna be easy. Um, so yeah, definitely glad that I made it here <laughs> in my second year. So, yeah. So with that, um, I'm gonna say thank you again because mm-hmm. it's always fun talking with you. We always <laughs> there's always there's always more more stories that I don't I've never heard about. So yeah. Um, and we will definitely do an end of the season after um, your makeup matches and yeah. conference and playoffs and everything and. Uh, See what everything, see what the future holds. Yeah. So, but until then, thank you, Miss Leah. I really appreciate it. And until next time, see y'all later.